Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 299 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by the former heavyweight world title challenger, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how are we doing, my man? Good, 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 going. Everything's going really well now. Good to hear, man. Good to how about hear. You? I'm okay, my friend. Always good when speaking with you. Moving on to the review part of the show, we're going to start here with a card that took place on. Friday of last week, July 2nd, um, at the restaurant Nijiretu, probably saying that really wrong, but it was in France, friend of the show, former world champion Hassan and Dam, now 38-5, and five. a points win for him over eight against journeyman Gabor Gorbix, now 26-20 and 20 with a draw. Um, only two other cards to mention for the reviewing because, again, there wasn't too much on last week. At the Sheffield Arena car park in Sheffield United uh, Kingdom, Yorkshire over there, um, Jack Massey with a good win. Like I say, one of our best cruiserweight fighters. He's now 18-1, and one, a KO for him in round four against Engine Kara Kaplan, who is now 14-8 and eight with three draws. That one was for the vacant IBF European Cruiserweight title. On the undercard, Hannah Bagley, friend of the show, um, panel member, even though she's only been on just one time. We will strive to get her back on. She was on the undercard. There was about two or three opponent changes, and then her fight was off, and then it was back on. She ended up having an exhibition fight against um, former world title challenger, um, Hannah Rankin of Scotland, who's been in there with Clarissa Shields. A lot bigger Hannah Rankin than Hannah Bagley, but the two Hannahs got it on, um, you know, for an exhibition because a lot of people bought tickets to that event just to see Hannah Bagley make her debut. So that was quite cool of, of Hannah Rankin there. So, yeah, an exhibition fight. She will still be making her pro debut in the coming weeks. There's another show, I believe, that's on. I think it's been announced. Can't remember the date off the top of my head, but all the best to her. Moving out now stateside to the Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. This one was on Showtime. Over here on the undercard, a really good fight between Michelle Rivera, who's now 21-0, against John Fernandez of Spain, who's now 21-2. Fernandez was knocked out in round eight, but Rivera was down himself in round six. Um... Unbelievable fight. Really, really, really good fight. Um, Michel Rivera as well. He's given given himself the Muhammad Ali kind of high top haircut. He had the the um the you know the classic black and white Muhammad Ali shorts. They said Ali on the front, so he's trying to uh, steal uh, the look there from the greatest. Uh, but yeah, the main event, like I say. Um, Chris Colbert, now 16-0, and 0, he was able to beat over 12 rounds unanimously, Tugstot Niambiar, who's now 12-2, and 2. Um, 
I think he performed better than I expected, Cole, but I expected Nyambiar to really give him a hard fight. I don't think it was it was it was like that. I think Nyambiar um was tremendous against Gary Russell Jr. despite losing that fight and he lost here against Colbert. Um and like I say, I thought that there's a chance he could even upset Colbert. He he is that good. I think Nyambiar's a really good fighter. He's been thrown in early on in his pro career, of course, but Chris Colbert ticks another box there, and to me, looks like he will be a really, really, um, you know, dominant fighter coming in the next in the in the next few years. I think he's got a really bright future. Um, did you see any of that one, Eddie, or not? Yeah, I watched the the uh, fight with uh, Colbert, and the fight was good early on. I saw some things that Chris Colbert uh, was doing. There was a little bit of an error in judgment, in my opinion. He was throwing shots even though his jab was great he was throwing sometimes he was throwing his jab and pulling out with his head up and i think at different points Nyambar, but Nyambayar was able to uh exploit that like caught him with a couple good counter right hands but not to you know not to not try to shine on what chris uh Colbert did he he fought a great fight it looked early on if if he was gonna have a little more trouble than he actually did but he pretty much shut him down. And I think the kid really only got about maybe one or two, maybe, maybe, maybe if you want to be really, really critical, give him three rounds. Because Colbert, his, his, his jab was, was awesome. His speed was, was crazy. Like, you look at his speed, you look at Gary Russell and guys like that, their speed is just incredible. But, um, and even a, pie, even a punches, the, pow, the punching power he showed at times was pretty good. But, um, and then I seen that uh, Chris Colbert was saying at the end of the fight, man, I didn't expect this guy to be able to punch as hard as he did. He said he, he actually hit harder than anybody ever been in the ring with up to that point as a pro. So, you know, that was, you know, uh, kind of like, a, you know, a, a, there was a silver lining in, in it for Nyan Bayar. It was to show that he actually has the pop to compete at that bigger weight class. But um, I guess it's not the skill to compete with Chris Colbert. But at the end of the day, good fight. I'm happy to see Chris Colbert go, you know, move on and looking forward to seeing what the future holds for him. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings the review part to a close. The final thing for me to do is to welcome our first guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the number one ranked super middleweight in the world with the WBO. It is, of course, the undefeated Mr. Zach Parker. Zach, welcome back on the show, my man. How are you, mate? You good? Always good when speaking with you, Zach. It's it's a pleasure to have you back on. Uh, we last spoke in April 2020, just a few weeks after that Murdoch fight, uh, right in the thick of the pandemic, of course. It's been a yeah. slow, or it had been a slow year for, for us all in 2020. But 2021, pretty much back to how you left off. Another knockout win for you to kick the year off back in March. Uh, it's been four months. It's been a while. Tell us about that win briefly. You, you become the first man to stop Vaughn Alexander, a guy that has been in there with some really good fighters Zach yeah yeah it was a good um, good fight uh, especially like it was, it was a good outcome especially being me being like with a new promoter new TV network and uh, just a week before the fight I got made to made like top of the bill and then I thought oh all the pressure's on me now I've got to make sure like I uh, perform but yeah I think I did it with flying colours and uh, got a good stoppage in the second round 
Yeah, you absolutely did. It was really impressive. You mentioned there you're now signed to Frank Warren. You headlined straight away. I'm guessing you're pleased about that, Zach, because before this sign-in, you were kind of fighting here, there, and everywhere. Sourland shows, matchroom shows, yeah. um, but nothing too permanent kind of thing. You happy to be, you know, with a with a long-term kind of promoter now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was saying just the other day, how welcome I've, I've been made uh, by Frank and obviously all the team like with BT and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I'm over the moon with it. Um, obviously getting out uh, regular now. Second fight has been coming up just this week. So, yeah, it's, it's good. I, it's good to keep active. Um, after these last like, two or three years, I've only had like, only had, like one fight, one or two fights in like two or three years. So, yeah, it's good to be with a British promoter and get me out there on like, the big shows. Yeah, and that's what you deserve. You know, you you are one of the best fighters we've got in the UK. Um, let's let's talk about the main reason you're on the show this Saturday. You're back out Royal Albert Hall, brilliant venue. Yeah. Um, you're boxing the two-time Olympian Sherzod Kuzanov, um, yeah. Uzbek, Uzbekistan fighter. Do you know much about this guy, Zach? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you do. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough opponent. Um, One twenty-two. I think he's only like lost two. Form, obviously, you just said former Olympian. I think he got a silver medal in the World Championships as amateur as well. So he ain't no mug. He's, he's from like good pedigree, but uh, I, I should have enough for him. He's, he's getting he's getting on a bit now, but yeah, I, I, with, with with my ability and uh, how I've been performing in the gym, it should be a good night. Yeah, and you know he does have that pedigree. You're right. He picked up a silver in the in in the world as as an amateur. Um, he's beaten quite a few prospects as a pro as well. I believe he's he's taken away five fighters, um, five fighters O in the past. Um, never yeah. been stopped in his two losses. Do you uh, do you expect to become the first man to stop him? Is that a goal secretly? Yeah, obviously um, you go out there just to win. Uh, if it's going to be like the points decision or knockout, um, whenever if it comes, it comes. Uh, obviously, all the fans love knockouts, so I'm trying to provide that for him. And uh, yeah, if the knockout comes, I'll, I'll take it with both hands. But we're ready for a whole um, hard fight, uh, and for, we're capable of doing it all the time around. And you, like the rest of us, wanted to see Billy Joe Saunders beat Canelo. Um, he was unable to. Were you able to take anything away from that fight at all? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he did a lot better than what people thought he was going to do. Um, obviously, you've seen that he had the right style for Canelo. Movement, for awkward. But um, I just don't think he was big enough for the weight. Like, you see, like, the likes of me and, like... Um, You've seen Cam Smith and that with massive for the weight. You just need this, the same style as Billy Joe, which I think I've got. Like very awkward switch it, uh, come at different angles, and uh, yeah, I, I take I take a lot out of every fight. And Zach, you've been at number one for what seems like quite a while now. Um, have you got any idea? I know it's Canelo we're talking about. This kind of special circumstances, but. Have you got any idea when a mandatory is going to be called? Are you ready for that big of a step up, you know, soon? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, Canelo does what Canelo wants at the minute because he's like the cash cow, you know, like like Floyd Mayweather used to be. But, um, yeah, I, if 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 he's looking to what he wants to sell a plant fight um, in later this year, 
if if that is, I'm just going to keep busy. Um, there's no every every fight I'm getting better, and every fight they're getting older. So it's it's all working into my hands. Um, in in boxing, you just got to be patient and wait for your time. And uh, yeah, we're just going to keep busy. If if not, if the Manchu don't get pulled up on him, uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah, everyone wants that Canelo fight. We had um, David Benavidez on last week, another fight that, of course, he wants yeah. as well. But no, there's so many guys that, you know, I'm sure myself and many others would love to see you in with. Guys that, you know, I think against your style would, would be a brilliant fight. But where you're in that number one spot, if it was me, I'd want to take the easiest ones to keep that spot. You know, you're right up there. But yeah. no, there's so many good fights, you know, like yourself with... Yeah with like a John Ryder, a, a David Lemieux, a Gabe Rosado, Isaac Chalemba. These are all names I like. Um, this this yeah. interview is going to go out on, on on Thursday, Zach. So the Denmark match would have already happened. But my last real yeah. question for you, Zach, is it coming home? Yes, it is. I hope it is. <laughs> uh, I'll be in London anyway. The day, uh, if they're in the final, I'll be going down to watch like in a pub somewhere in London so I'm hoping it's coming home um, watch every match and uh, they've done well to England have and uh, just so that, that last push now yeah absolutely so there we go so hopefully we win Wednesday hopefully you win Saturday and then on Sunday you'll be you'll be in London to <laughs> to, to, to see the to see the final but listen uh, just before we just before we wrap it up Zach if you've got any closing words I always like to throw it over to you just to give you an opportunity to thank anyone yeah. to shout anyone out if you want to say anything to the listeners before we wrap it up the floor is yours my man yeah I just want to say um, thank you for everyone supporting me and uh, make sure you tune in on BT Sport um, this Saturday um, July 10th so yeah I'm hoping for another big knockout uh, and just you have to just have to keep watching me absolutely you'd be crazy to not be um but no i'm happy that you're in this position zach it's a long time coming it's it's fantastic that you've you've got a promoter behind you on a kind of long-term basis you're on tv uh you know again which you, you should be on that level it's always a pleasure speaking with you mate best of luck for no. saturday and we'll catch up sometime cheers. after thank you mate cheers okay now it's time for part two on this week's show this part of course the news part of the show um to be honest, nothing to mention as of yet. If anything develops from now to the end of the show, I will talk about it on the outro. But as of yet, no news. So moving straight on to the preview part of the show. Um, we're going to start here with a card that takes place at the Bank of California Stadium in LA, um, USA. Over here, this one's going to be on zone. That's good to know, actually, because I wasn't sure it was on zone. Um, on the undercard, Naoko Fujioka. 18-2 and two with a draw. She defends her WBA female flyweight world title over 10 two-minute rounds against friend of the show. She was on a couple weeks ago, Sulem Urbina of Mexico, who's 12-1. and one. All the best to Sulem. Um, fantastic lady. On the undercard as well, Hector Tanahara, the prospect, 19-0. and 0. He's, He was on the show a few years ago. Really nice kid. He takes on William Zapita, who's 22-0 with 20 KOs. Somebody's own must go. 41-0, um, the combined records there. Unbelievable. Great fight for the undercard. Um, we've also got 10K... 
Tsunami, who's 28 and 12 with a draw, never been stopped in her 12 losses. She takes on Sinisa Estrada, who's 20 and 0. That one's for the WBO World Female light flyweight title i keep forgetting how small um, estrada is but she can can bang quite hard as well for those lower weights there um again really really good fight tsunami by the way is the world champion so um so estrada is is the uh, the opponent coming in hopefully trying to cause the upset elsewhere on the card friend of the show he was on about three weeks ago joseph jojo diaz 31 and 1 with a draw he gets in against javier fortuna unbelievable fight uh, this is a great card by the way that golden boys golden boys putting together it's for the wbc interim world lightweight title that's a brilliant fight man joseph jojo diaz looks to be in great shape however his weight issues and stuff like that have been a problem before javier fortuna for me is the kind of guy if you're cutting corners in training he will show you know he'll he'll make you pay for that in the ring he is a, a really good fighter that's a great fight remember joseph jojo diaz came in to replace ryan garcia that fight was supposed to be between Garcia and, and Fortuna. Great fight. And the main event, Gilberto Ramirez, 41-0. He's in his first real test since moving up from 168 to 175. He gets in against friend of the show, the Cuban who fights nothing like a Cuban, Sullivan Barrera, 22-3. It's another great fight. There's, there's a lot of 50-50 fights on this card or close to it. I love that card there. That is a brilliant card. Moving out now, because that is, by the way, on Friday night. Moving out now to the Melbourne Pavilion in Australia. Over here, former world champion Sam Solomon, 46-15 and 15 with a draw. I think he's coming off that loss to Sakio Bika. He's in a 10-rounder against Victor Nagbe, who's undefeated 3-0. and um, Just throwing that one in there. Bit of Australian spice. And now finishing up at the Royal Albert Hall in Kensington, London. I wanted to be at this card, but unfortunately I uh, couldn't find a way to, to, to get tickets for it. But anyway, on the undercard, um, Dennis McCann... 9-0 gets in against John Chua, who's 20-4. That's a bit of a step up there. Uh, we've got Muhammad Ali, who's 2-0 against Lee Glover, who's 11-4. We've got Sam Noakes, 5-0, a prospect to watch out for. He's in a six-rounder against Lee Connolly, who's 7-56 with five draws. Uh, we've got Archie Sharp, friend of the show, 19-0, defending his WBO Global, or sorry, fighting for the vacant WBO Global Super Featherweight title against Diego Andre Chavez, who's 13-4 with two draws. Archie Sharp was supposed to box a few weeks back, but his opponent pulled out with coronavirus. They rescheduled it for this date here, but now that opponent has, has gone missing. Not sure what's going on. So in steps this guy here, who, to be honest, is a more riskier fight. The record doesn't look as good, but this guy is pretty good. He beat a guy who I think beat a guy who won a world title, something like that. So he's he's in decent form, this Diego Chavez. Um, there's a couple of Diego Chavez's as well. Um, it's not the one that I think boxed against Brandon Rios. Uh, that's certainly not the same guy. 
but yeah, Archie Sharp, like I say, ranked number two in the world with the WBO. All the best to him. Uh, the man that we spoke to in part one, Zach Parker, 20-0, ranked number one with the WBO at super middleweight. He gets in against Sherzod Kuzanov, former uh, two-time Olympian. He, he was in the uh, Olympics in 2000 and 2004. He's 41 years of age now, but still never been stopped. 22 wins, two losses, and a draw. He's upset many a undefeated prospect over the years. It's for the WBO International Super Middleweight title. And the main event, Lyndon Arthur, coming off a fine, fine win against Anthony Yard, um, who I thought was going to be on the card, but it looks like he's not on anymore. Um, yeah, that's the first I'm reading of that one. But anyway, Lyndon Arthur, 18-0, fighting here for the WBO Intercontinental Light Heavyweight title against the undefeated David Faraci, who is 15 and oh, just going to really, really quickly analyze that record just for a second there. Um, haven't heard in a name until this fight got made, which is always a bit of a bad thing, I, I think. Um, Italian fighter, born in Switzerland. Um, I probably recognize one or two names on the, on the slate. Uh, yeah, shouldn't really be anything to trouble Lyndon Arthur if he is as good as he looked against Anthony Yard. But then again, Anthony Yard fought so one-dimensionally that night. We shall see. All the best to Lyndon Arthur. Few friends of the show boxing this weekend. Um, like I say, all the best in particular to Lyndon Arthur, Zach Parker, Archie Sharp, um, Sulem Urbina, Sullivan Barrera, Joseph Diaz, and Hector Tanahara, all friends of the show, wishing them all the very best. But anyway, that is it for the preview part of the show. The final thing for me to do before we wrap up this show is to welcome our second and final guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the WBO number four ranked welterweight in the world. It is, of course, the undefeated Mr. Michael McKinson. Mikey, welcome back on the show, my man. Good to be back on, mate. How are you? Always good when speaking with you, Mike. That's the truth. So we last caught up back in February. Uh, it was a few weeks before that Chris Congo fight in Gibraltar. There's nowhere else to start but there. What a fabulous win. I always fancied you to win that fight, but not many people around me agreed with me. Tell me about that unbelievable win. Yeah, mate. Uh, to be honest, I, always, I called for the fight originally, so I always knew I could beat Chris. There was a lot of hope behind Chris. Um, he's a good fighter, but I, I proved that I'm a better fighter. You know, like I didn't really listen to to all the hype. I see on beforehand on all of the polls, not really many people favoured me to win, but that didn't matter. I believed in myself. My team believed in me, and yeah, we went out there and beat him quite comfortably. I thought. Yeah, you certainly did. I mean, you started brilliantly, you ended brilliantly. I felt you let it slip a tiny bit in the mid-rounds, but more importantly, you were able to adjust in the middle of the fight. That's what only top fighters can do, especially when they're in there with a guy like you say it, like you said before the fight, you felt he was probably one of the most dangerous welterweights in the country. Yeah, well, to be fair, I was telling like my friends and people that was asked me what what my um opinion on the fight would be and I, I thought genuinely thought I would knock Chris Congo out and uh but he boxed a different fight than I planned he um he was t telling people before he was going to walk through me and he was going to stop me um but after he felt my power early on he didn't want to commit throughout the whole fight so if he if he committed a bit more I was quite confident I would stop him 
Um, I felt really confident in my in myself in that fight. Um, but like you say, it got to I think three won the first three. The middle four rounds were quite close because he just ran. Um, I and it, it wasn't like me. Like normally, I'm the type of fighter to box, and I had to create something. I had to push for the first time. It was new territory for me. So the middle rounds were quite close. I wouldn't say he won all of the middle rounds, but they were dead close. But um, when you're fighting the champion, you 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 give the close rounds to the champion. You know. So um, my dad said, "Right, we need to push on." And obviously, I finished the fight very strong. Um, so there was no arguing who won the fight. Um, I think one of the judges' scorecards was too close, in my opinion. I, I thought I won by a good couple of rounds. But it doesn't matter. We got the win. We proved a lot of people wrong. And now we move on. Yeah, for sure. And my scorecard, like I say, 97-92 in the end for you. I gave Congo just round four, six, and seven. Um, and also, you mentioned that your dad, he's finally getting a bit of well-deserved credit for his work with you. I've seen him graft him for years, mainly in the away corner on all kinds of shows at all kinds of levels. Um, yeah, it's good for him to finally get that credit, Mike. Yeah, like, um, obviously... It's not just success for me. Like me and my dad, we've been grafting since very early on. You know, this is no overnight success for us. Um, and obviously, me getting this bit of success now, um, he's finally getting the credit uh, that he deserves because he's a very under underestimated trainer, underrated trainer. Um, you know, but it's just the beginning for us both. Um, like obviously being signed to Matchroom now. And MTK looking up, MTK looking after me and stuff like, like who knows where we can be in twelve, eighteen months' time. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant thing. I really like what's going on. Obviously, it's a very family orientated kind of corner. You, your dad, obviously your brother as well. Um, it's, yeah. it's it's a brilliant thing. You're not noted as a big puncher. You've only obviously knocked out two opponents in twenty fights, but you seem to keep dropping people every fight now. Every fight yeah. they're down more than once. What's going on? <laughs> it, do you know what it is? It's not I'm not a non-puncher, but I'm dropping these guys, but. My, I'm not staying at the same level. These guys are getting harder and tougher, you know. They're getting more durable. They're getting better fighters on fighting each time. Like, if you look at... I think I've dropped... I don't know the stats 100%. I think I've dropped six of my last seven. Um, I think four of them have been more than once. Uh, and my last three fights, they've all been un, unbeaten fighters, and I've all, all dropped all three of them in the first round. Um, so, the... I am dropping them. Uh, the knockouts are coming, 100%. Like, that's what I'm saying. Just because I've knocked two people out, a lot of people saying I'm a non-puncher win. It, that's far from the truth. I, I can dig a bit. I'm not saying I'm a big one-punch knockout merchant, but I can whack a bit. And and these guys, if they want to overlook my power and things like that, they'll, they'll definitely 100% come unstuck. And your next fight's been announced. It takes place on August 14th. It 
in Eddie Hearn's back garden. You'll be boxing Poland's Prism Slaw Ronowski. Uh, Ronowski, a name that some British fighters, or fight fans, I should say, will will probably remember from his fight against uh, Josh Kelly. I remember Josh Kelly did 10 rounds with him just six weeks before he went to America and got what some people say was a gift draw against Ray Robinson. Uh, I remember warning Josh against doing that, but he never listened to me, but that's another story. Anyways, back on track. Um... What do you know about Ronowski, Mikey, aside from his fight there with Josh Kelly? Yeah, so obviously when I went to the um, the, uh, the fight camp launch a few weeks ago, uh, I didn't know who I was fighting on the way there. I was on the train going to the, the launch, and then I think my fight got made that morning. I didn't have a clue I was going to be fighting. I got the phone call um, off my manager, Lee, and saying, it's Ronowski, and yeah, look, I'd only ever heard of him from losing on points to Josh Kelly. But I said yes, no matter what. Um, it, the answer's always yes for me. And then had a look at his record afterwards and obviously how he's bounced back from that and points lost to Kelly has, has been good. He's coming off a couple of real good knockout uh, wins. Um, so he, he's definitely going to be game. He's going to be confident. Um, but you know what? They all are. Like The, the 20 before him... We're all confident. They was all going to try and knock me out. And, and none of them have been successful, you know. Uh, I'm getting better. I'm learning more each fight I'm having. So um, I'm, I'm more than confident I can beat Ronowski. Uh, but my job is to beat him in style, make a statement. This is my first fight under the matchroom banner, you know. I, I want to make a serious statement and, and put in a very good performance. Yeah, and you're right. Since he's lost to Josh Kelly, he's probably in the form of his life. He's got those two uh, two knockout wins. One was against an undefeated prospect. He stopped him in a round. And then he knocked out a bit of a Polish Polish kind of veteran, uh, Michael Sirawatka. He knocked him out in four. I remember Sirawatka uh, knocked out Robbie Davies Jr. in 12. Then they had a rematch. Robbie Davies knocked him out in 12. But to get him out of there in four is quite impressive. Um, without looking too far ahead, you know, you're climbing these rankings constantly. Is there anyone on your radar, Mikey, for any future fights, perhaps after this one? Um, no, I, d I don't really look past each opponent. I know that, obviously, I've got a real good ranking with the WBO. So, I've got full faith in um, MTK and guiding, guiding my career. Obviously, I want a big name. I want, like, after Ronowski, I put, like get a good job in with Ronowski, and I want a big name, uh, like a world, a world name. Um, but, you know, I've got a job to do first. If I, if I don't look good beating Ronowski, like I don't deserve a big name, you know. So uh, I've got to do my job, and then I'm sure my management team will do a great job, like they have done with me up to this date. And I want to get your prediction on the fight that takes place a week after yours. Spence Pacquiao. It's been made since we last spoke. What's your thoughts on that one, my man? I'm going to back Spence. I will back Spence. But there's a lot of people saying, oh, like Pacquiao like, got a chance. People were saying that when, when he fought Furman. Uh, and, and look what happened there. Um, but if, my, if I was to bet my money, I would go Spence on points. Yeah, yeah. The size, I think, is such a big thing, you know? It's, uh, the size is crazy between the pair, you know? Yeah, but you say that you've seen Pacquiao fight bigger guys than Spence. 
and 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 beat them. Okay, a long time ago, but I don't think the um, the uh, the size will be the biggest factor. I think it's just the youth and and everything else. Like there's he's a superior fighter, Spence, um, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll just favour him to beat Pacquiao on points. And to be fair, I, I reckon it'll be Pacquiao's last fight. Yeah, could be the end of an era. I just hope it's not like um, Spence and Mikey Garcia where, you know, the the smaller man just couldn't get there. I think that Spence has got that athleticism. He can keep throwing punches constantly for 12. Um, My final question for you, Mikey. Uh, This interview won't go out till Thursday, so we would have already played Denmark on Wednesday, but is it coming home? I'll tell you what... uh... I really do believe. I really do believe we've got a uh, a great team at the moment, and we're we're getting better and better as this tournament's um, going on. You know, I think Denmark's our hardest game. They're a very very strong team, um, but I think we we beat Denmark, and it's definitely coming home. There we go. You've heard it from the champ. Just before we wrap it up, Mikey, if you've got any closing words to the listeners, I'm sure we all agree. We all hope it does come home, but back to the boxing. If you've got any final words just to wrap it up, the floor is yours, my man. Yeah, just really to my city for the love and support I've been getting this year. Um, like I, it, I'm quite proud to be flying the flag for Portsmouth and putting Portsmouth on the map, you know. I know I'm not really going to have a lot of Portsmouth people at, at this at this fight, but I'll get Ranowski out of the way, and then and then Portsmouth can take over. Yeah, like like I say, I remember you saying you saw a few Pompey shirts in Gibraltar. You know, they they find their way around. It's it's a great thing. Listen, Mikey, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, mate. It really is. Thanks for your time. Best of luck, August 14th, and we'll catch up sometime after. Nice one, buddy. See you later. Okay, and this wraps up episode 299 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our two guests on this week's podcast, the undefeated WBO number one ranked super middleweight in the world, Mr. Zach Parker, and of course, the WBO number four ranked welterweight in the world, Mr. Michael McKinson. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners, but that's about everything from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe. Watch it come home on Sunday, hopefully, and we shall see you all again next week.